Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to It Never Gets Old a firsthand account of all things secondhand and sustainable because the future of fashion is nothing new. I am here as your host, Meredith Feynman, to talk to you all about secondhand fashion and by proxy, recycling and sustainable fashion. And I'm joined by my bestie in the Westie, producer Sarah Lane. Meredith Feynman, so good to hear your voice as it always is. Uh, It's great to hear yours, you know, especially in an uncertain time. We love you listeners. We're happy you're here to fill your ears with these two lovely ladies. What could be better, right? (laughs) Got a little more time on your hands. Don't have to go to the office today. Never gets old. Is here to be your, I don't know, virtual friends. Exactly. That's how I feel about a lot of podcasts that I listen to. I just like, I'm like, these are my friends, but they don't know me at all. There's so many times where I'll be on a walk, you know, sometimes I'm walking my dog or whatever, and I'm just like, (laughs) as if I'm in the room with the two hosts. I would like to think that someone out there is like, oh, I do that with Meredith and Sarah sometimes, you know, like, oh, they were, they gave me so much information, but they also made it entertaining as I was commuting to work, you know, or crossing the street or whatever. (laughs) I mean, I hope so. Also, FYI, you're all my friends. Like, (laughs) you don't have to feel like you're our friends. You are our friends. We just don't know you yet, uh, is how I feel about it. Okay, so let's start with great things, treats. My treat of the week is cheesy popcorn. I chose savory, which might surprise Sarah because I have a major sweet tooth or lots of teeth as my teeth are full of metal from fillings. So Cheetos are delicious. Like nobody can argue with that. If you don't like Cheetos, I don't really know what to tell you. Um, They're very delicious. If you've never heard of a Cheeto, I feel for you. They are sort of a cheesy poof, but more concentrated and delicious. There's nothing I love more than fake cheese, like cheese with a Z. (laughs) Anything that's imitation cheese, like that is my kryptonite. And sometimes I like it more than regular cheese. Something about fake cheese just like gets me. So in what is delicious news, Cheetos came out with popcorn. I saw that literally on some ad, like a not a Subway ad or a, I don't remember where I saw it, but I was like, oh, that advertising worked on me. I am going to go find it right now. Like that's the most effective like advertising job I've ever seen. Like sometimes you see things on the Subway or whatnot. You're like, oh, I'll look that up and see what it is. This was like, I need to find this right now. So I went to one of my favorite stores, 7-Eleven, and they didn't have it. And then I went to another 7-Eleven and they did have it. 
And they have, you know, a lot of people really like Flame and Hot Cheetos. I'm a little bit of a wuss, and they're pretty spicy. So I chose the regular popcorn flavor. They have regular Cheetos popcorn and then spicy Cheetos popcorn. And it's obviously a delight. So that's my treat. Well, Meredith, I know this is going to upset you, but I just, I need to be honest because we are in a circle of truth here on It Never Gets Old. I don't like Cheetos. <gasps> it's probably not surprising, but it's just something that you need to know as we go forward in our friendship. I don't like Cheetos, but Cheetos flavored popcorn does not sound bad to me. I don't like the puffiness of Cheetos. I feel like I'm eating lint. Kind of the same reason I don't like potatoes, but that's another story. There's just something about it where I'm like, eh, like a rice cake. I'm like, I'm eating air. I don't like it. Popcorn I like very much. And so I feel like this is an experiment that I would also like to try. And I would probably go with the Flaming Hot because I do like spice. Yeah. So I don't know what to say to that, except that I hope <laughs> that you you try it. Um, <laughs> this is not an ad. It could be Cheetos. Get a, drown me. I will, you know, like sit in a bathtub full of cheesy popcorn um <laughs> anyway it's it's extremely delish yes the flaming hot i haven't tried yet i might try it and so that is my treat of the week what are you treating on well before i get to my treat this is, this is actually just something that either you would have already known about meredith because you're you're pretty up on your snacks but i did not know about it i listened to a podcast called wait wait don't tell me it's the npr podcast quiz show Super fun. If you don't listen to that show, it's it's one of my favorite long weekend walk podcasts where I'm laughing all the time by myself like a crazy person. But anyway, on the show, there was like a question, like a trivia question about a kind of snack that existed in the past. And I won't go through all of them, but what ended up being the snack that did exist in the past, you've heard of Cracker Jacks, of course, right? Like Cracker Jacks. So I'm thinking about popcorn and, and sweet stuff. Cracker Jacks are like stale popcorn covered in a thin layer of caramel so here's the thing i don't now i have a controversial opinion which is i don't really like popcorn and that's a very controversial opinion and i don't know why i I just well i'm not a big savory girl i used to live in south america i used to live in argentina and in a lot of south america and a lot of other countries at movie theaters they have regular popcorn and then they have kettle corn option Mm -hmm. so yes i do like if it's kettle or if it's cheesy If there's flavoring on it, plain popcorn I could do without. But yeah, I mean, Cracker Jack is like it's it's a box and it has like a toy in it. And it's maybe like a I I haven't had a box in a long time. And yeah, it's like deeply covered caramel popcorn that will rip my fillings out. Exactly. Cracker Jacks, even me not being, you know, the sweets lover that I am. You give me a box of Cracker Jacks right now. I would eat it. Just, you know, nostalgia alone driving me forward. Anyway, to go back to this trivia question. Turns out that the Cracker Jacks brand, whoever makes Cracker Jacks, the company, had an ill-fated kind of like, they had a little fun with their vertical, and they made a brand of Cracker Jacks that was caffeinated, and they called it Cracker Jacked. Not even kidding. Oh my God. Yeah, true story. Like how much caffeine? Like how much I don't know, but it was like, like, it was meant to be like, you want to get jacked up, but still eat Cracker Jacks? We've got the the solution for you. And, it, and apparently it didn't do well. So since it's aimed at children, that's also a terrible idea because it's like, let me give my kids sugar and then also secret caffeine. Never saw the box of the packaging, so it's very possible that it was marketed towards adults, which should have been like kind of like an energy drink type thing. Didn't last long. 
Cracker Jacked did not uh, sweep the nation or the world, and it no longer is being manufactured, but it was a real product at one time. Anyway, that is neither here nor there because <laughs> I'm not going to eat any Cracker Jacks anytime soon. What I am going to eat, and in fact, I have them right now, I spend a lot of time at this desk here, and sometimes, gotta I be honest. I can hear them wrestling. Yeah, wrestling because they're tortilla chips. I try not to eat over my electronics or my computer, but it happens sometimes depending on how busy I am. And in a pinch, gotta love... La Morenita, salt and lime tortilla chips. Mmm. Listen to that crunch. We're working women. Like, I get food all in my keyboard. Like, sometimes you just got to snack and work, you know? When I eat breakfast in the morning, and I'd, I'd love to say, oh, I give myself 30 minutes of me time to eat my breakfast and be thoughtful about my chewing. Does not happen. I'm like hunkered over my laptop, trying not to spill, doesn't always work that way, trying to absorb news, trying to get my life in order, looking at my calendar, talking to people on Skype. I mean, it's it's just the way it goes. So accidents will happen. And I'm, I'm a huge tortilla chip fan. I've tried every tortilla chip in the world. Not much of a potato chip fan, but tortilla chips I cannot live without. And the salt and lime of this particular brand, which is, I assume, quite regional for Northern California because I've never seen it before, La Morenita, that lime, I mean, most tortilla chips are salted unless you get unsalted on purpose, but the lime gives it that little kick. Wouldn't be right with lemon, has to be lime, and uh, it makes eating chips by themselves fun because I usually have to dip them in like guacamole or salsa or both or hummus or bean dip, <laughs> cheese dip, all that stuff. So they are, they're a delightful chip and they make my life better. Cheese dip, again, with the fake cheese, mm-hmm. like, ugh. Drown me in cheese dip. Sometimes if I'm really PMSing, I will just go to CVS and buy a little thing of Utz cheese dip and just bring it home and just like stick some wheat thins in it. Oh, and yeah. I get through like four bites and I'm like, oh, no, this is a bad choice. But it's I do it repeatedly. So you might be eating lunch over your computer or laptop or you're at home on the couch because a lot of us are required to work from home. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty going on right now, but you want to have stuff to do and you want to listen to It Never Gets Old and all of our, you know, backlogs since April 2019 will keep you thinking about secondhand fashion. But I wanted to do a guide if you're stuck at home for obvious reasons to selling your stuff. I get so many DMs from listeners and emails about how people are really into buying, but selling is hard. And I've gone over it before. And here is an opportunity when you are uniquely stuck at home among your possessions. So let's start selling them. We are only selling things right now, obviously, that don't require you to leave your house, which is great because you know, either you don't want to or you can't. So I'm going to start with least amount of work to most amount of work. But first and foremost, I want to talk to you about dividing up your clothes. Um, It's something I've talked about before. It bears repeating because there are lots of different categories and those categories go different places. High, high end, anything like designer, designer, that like has a store on Rodeo Drive or Fifth Avenue or, you know, whatever that comparable place is, whether it's like Hermes Chanel, Gucci, Balenciaga, St. Laurent, anything in that vein, that is one pile. 
And I suggest, which also uh, Marie Kondo, tiny queen of getting rid of things, uh, suggests which is taking out all your clothing at once and putting it on your bed and then feeling terrible about yourself. And then that makes you get rid of more stuff. Yeah. Because you like look at everything in a clothing mountain and you're like, oh, my God. So that's what I do. I actually just did that before we're now inside. So I guess I got to do it again and again and again, which is what I spend my life doing, buying and selling clothing on the internet and (laughs) in person. So all the really high-end designer stuff is one pile. So that's your one pile. Then we're going to get to high-end contemporary. This is a new category that has emerged probably in the past 10 to 15 years. Some luxury denim has to be like denim that is of the moment. Think about like stuff in an intermix, uh, sort of that level or high-end sacks. It's not highest, highest end. So I'm thinking things like joie, theory, golden goose, frame denim, redone denim, agence i'm gonna butcher that high-end contemporary is stuff that's like not those household designer names but it's still expensive as shit that is your next pile then you have a pile of non-fast fashion bigger box stores so the gap and taylor j crew lululemon that category of every woman, every person, promise we'll get into menswear soon. I promise, promise, promise. That category actually sells best. There is this huge misnomer. I've said it. I'll say it again, which is that like the highest, highest end stuff is actually way harder to sell. The top brands that sell are J. Crew, Lululemon, and Taylor. Stuff that works for everyone. You know, if you think about it, it's supply and demand and I might be using the wrong analogy there, but basically, you know, you want to hit the largest audience possible. And then you have faster fashion, you know, Forever 21, may she rest in peace. Uh, and then you have the Zara's, the H&M, those sorts of fast fashion labels, Rainbow, Fashion Nova. Like, I don't even call that fast fashion. I call that like Hyperloop fashion because there are not a lot of places that will take it because it is such a quick turnaround and the quality is very low. But those are your piles. You know, maybe you're listening to the It Never Gets Old backlog, like while you sort out all these piles. So then you have your piles. Okay, then let's start selling it. So least amount of work. You can send, honestly, any of that stuff to ThreadUp. You are not going to get much money for it. Though I've heard that they're paying a lot more out for designer right now, I would not send designer clothing to them. So your Big Box, Gap, J. Crew, all that stuff that really, really sells for the every woman, your high-end contemporary and your fast fashion can go to them. As I said, I would hold out on some of the designer stuff. Uh, and that's easy. What does it mean? You go to ThreadUp and they will send you bags and a kit and they will take anything and they'll list it on their big site and they'll give you either credit or a check or credit to other places and anything they don't take, they will recycle sustainably. You have to request, don't forget to do this, that they send you back anything they're not taking. If you forget to check that box, everything will be recycled. They'll keep it. They'll keep it and it'll be recycled or sent somewhere and you won't ever see it again. And if you don't ever want to see it again, that's cool too. But just FYI, like we're partially here in in the name of money. So that's not a lot of work at all, but you don't make a lot of money on ThreadUp. However, super easy put that stuff in a bag, never see it again. Okay, the other not a lot of work is the real reel. The real reel is the highest end site, so they are very, very particular about what they take and the condition it's in. 
So everything has to be in excellent condition. No stains, no tears, minimal wear, minimal to nowhere tags on a lot of the time. And they are shrinking because they are very popular and they're getting an influx of designer clothing, I think, for a lot, and handbags and shoes for a lot of reasons. You know, you fire it up on, an, you download the app, do it on the app. I do it all the time on the app or you do it online. And you just list out your stuff and you can print out a label at home. If you live in a big building, as I do, I go to the recycling room and get boxes from there. You don't need to buy a box. Maybe you have a box from like an Amazon purchase or start to save those boxes. Uh, The real, real, you get some money. You have to hit a certain tier of sales to get like 60% versus 50%. They have started marking their stuff pretty low. However, it's no work. But We'll get to, you know, maybe saving some of the hot, hot designer stuff for the most amount of work, which is listing it yourself. So those are the two places that will, you know, you can get out the door right now and you can begin selling. I have made money on my closet for 20 years. It's not just about buying secondhand. There have been a lot of times I'm self-employed where the, the money I've made from selling like is that extra cash influx that I need. Uh, We all feel that way sometimes or honestly all the time. And it does end up actually making a difference for the real, real smartly and sneakily. They want you to keep the what you sell as credit. You can not select that option, which I don't. I get the check sent to me um, because I don't want to be tempted. I don't want I I want to use that money how I deem. And if you use credit, you get like 10 percent more. But again, then it just goes back into the real real. So you have to figure out like if we're trying to make money while we're stuck at home, like I don't know about that. I think you make a really good point of over the years, depending on if you're self-employed, the money isn't always going to be consistent. Sometimes you have a great year or a great quarter, sometimes maybe not as much. I definitely feel that way because I'm self-employed as well and I predominantly work from home. As much as I have hesitated towards the selling side of of all of this consignment stuff that we've been talking about for going on a year now because I'm like, eh, it's kind of a hassle and I want the most money possible. So I know I have to put a little bit more effort in and I know what Meredith does. And I know that she has embraced like the fun and the high of it all. But it still is like eh, sometimes I can just I can be a little bit lazy when it comes to stuff like that. But the more I treat it as a job. It's a part-time job where I'm making my own hours, right? You're not required to do anything. Like you said, you just toss everything to thread up and never see it again. And at least your closet is nice and clean and you feel lighter. You could do that. But if you treat it a little bit like, hey, some extra cash would really help my padding right now. You know, a little bit of a softer landing come the first of the month when I got to pay rent. Then it becomes less of like, eh, I don't know, it's a hassle and more of like, I just do this because this is part of how I make money and how I am happier living and not scrambling so much. Absolutely. And if you're a freelancer, if you're in the gig economy, it's an incredibly uncertain time right now. Like I always tell people, consider this as some extra cash in your pocket. And it's very real. Uh, And it has gotten me through times when I'm having trouble or, you know, I just need that extra boost or sometimes like I sell, you know, this was when I bought more expensive handbags, like I'd be making a couple grand. And and that was that's, 
you know, whether you're to that extent or you just want to have like an extra 50 bucks, like that is super real and you have this found time now and you're stuck with your wardrobe. So just start doing it. And I'm here to help and always answer questions. You can always email hello at ingopodcast.com or slide into the DMs at ingopodcast or at Meredith Feynman. And I can help answer those questions. But, you know, if you're stuck at home or quarantined, here's a found activity to do. So those are the two that are honestly no work. You have no excuse. You can print out the labels and stick them on the box. And then you put them at your front desk or you hand them to your mail carrier uh, or you drop it off at a UPS store and they take it away. And that is it. As I said, I get checks from the real real. They pay out once a month and, you know, it's pretty reliable. So those are the two that are the least amount of work. And I talked about the different categories and you have to decide for yourself you know, how you feel about the pricing that the real real does, you know, they don't really okay that they don't run it by you, but you can call and request different pricing. Uh, so that is an option if you're not satisfied with how they're pricing things. So they, they have some wiggle room because they're going to take a percentage anyway. So it's not like they're like, no, you just want more money. They'll work with you within reason. Yes. And they're taking a big percentage. Like I sell with them a lot, but I'm not at their top tier. They have different amounts you can get. Like sometimes I, and it depends on how like high the, of the value of the item, the higher the value of the item, the more you get. So they're like varying incentives and you have to be very vigilant because sometimes, you know, there's stuff that I bought incredible things at like Wasteland and I end up like maybe breaking even, maybe sometimes losing money on, or like, you know, I'll get 70% of something that's high value that I end up flipping. So you just want to be vigilant about it. I don't know if they do direct deposit. I don't think they do. I think they send you checks and you have to go to the bank and deposit them. So those are like those two platforms uh, that really you can just do while, while you're hanging out and listening to us. And then it gets into work you do yourself. So I could go through all the different apps. I'm just going to tell you the ones I like, what I like about them. You know, if you go back into our backlog, I did mini app reviews of every single app. So I will say, and I've talked about it a lot on the podcast, that my favorite do-it-yourself selling app is Poshmark. Poshmark is something that takes a minute to get used to, as in it's its own social network, uh, which is, I think, what makes it really, really smart. Um, and it's its own community. So I really like that. And with Poshmark, what you do, so if you go back and listen to my interview with Meg He of A Day, she like was a huge eBay power seller. She gives some hot tips on how to do lighting, but you need to make sure your stuff is clean in any category that I just talked about, by the way. You could sell a Chanel bag or you could sell a Zara top. That Zara top, frankly, might sell faster. Um, But now we're getting into your being the salesperson. And now might be a time to try it out and see how it feels. One thing about Poshmark, you sign up and it actually tells you like who you might know from Facebook. There's some integration there. I just assume at all times Facebook has all of my data and it's just futile. So uh, one thing, because it is like your own sort of social network, you got to follow a ton of people and they'll follow back. So like it's about also developing followers and then the more followers you have, you know, your stuff sells and then you share your stuff. You got to kind of play around with a little bit and maybe I could do a super deep dive or, you know, answer specific questions. You download the app. And I'm at Fine MC if you want to hang out with me on the Poshmark internet. Uh, and you take up like up to eight photos. 
uh, and you do a description and it gives you categories and then you list it up there and you keep sharing your stuff. The key thing is you have to kind of develop an audience. And so that is is kind of something you have to do. But if you have stuff that's like, you know, of the moment that's trendy or also if you're actually spending time looking around on Poshmark, another smart thing they do is they do these like virtual online parties. Again, none of us are leaving our homes. So, you know, it's like best in tops party at like 6 p.m. And you can like share in those and you just got to play around with it. There's a lot to learn. But but I, I as I've said, overall stan. Z is one that does not require you to develop your own following. And so that is something that if you don't want to develop that, which I understand why you wouldn't, they take bigger cuts. Uh, Poshmark takes like 20%. That's the difference. Like, again, you're the salesperson. It's a lot more work. But the more work you do, the more cash you get. And so you have to decide the trade-off. So with Tradesy, it's another app as well. Uh, and that like does not require you to develop a following. And people can easily search. And that sort of ends up like looking more like a d- another e-commerce site but you can't bid like you can on Poshmark which is my favorite part and also I think a very strong indicator but I've sold there too and that is a bunch of work but not as much as Poshmark and you get less money than Poshmark so this is a lot of information but you know it's things to try out while you have the extra time yeah you're absolutely right and as I've mentioned many times, total newcomer when we started It Never Gets Old, the podcast, to really the consignment world in general because I just didn't know what I was doing and I was very intimidated by the whole thing. But the online part of it, oh, I picked up on real quick. I mean, I I don't want to I, I don't want to make it seem like I'm just wasting my days away on Poshmark, but it is now a daily visit. It's like one of the fun things that I do in any given day, if not visiting multiple times a day. I don't use the app as much as I use the actual website because I like looking at all the clothes, you know, on a larger screen whenever possible. Particularly the online stuff, I really took to immediately because yes, the social network aspect of something like Poshmark, the ease of a few other of my favorites, even though Grailed is not so much consignment. It's more of like the like cool stuff. I'm still going there all the time. Just looking, just looking, window shopping. You literally can just browse. And that's what I'm doing 90% of the time. I'm just browsing. I'm looking at a pair of pink Capri jeans with uh, zippers right now. And I'm like, those are super cute. I don't know. I don't need them. I already have red ones. But like, I'll just like heart them for later. And then the person who listed them will see that I've hearted them and they'll offer me a discount and maybe it'll start getting kind of affordable. It's fun. This is a fun social thing. It brings me joy. And Meredith, I know you know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. And, you know, we all need a little joy right now. A lot of people like Depop. Um, I will be having our teen correspondent, um, shortly to talk about Depop and a little bit more uh, I wish I knew more about it that's run a little bit more like an Instagram account and that's based on like developing a following as you appear like I feel like a lot of these sites like on Poshmark I get weirded out when someone posts like a photo of them wearing the thing I was like oh no that's too real Um, this is like based on building yourself as an influencer and sort of model type thing um, but is also really really smart Those are just some of the apps. Mercari is sort of a mix between what I'm noticing, eBay and Poshmark. It's definitely like very few designer items, like just random objects. And there are a million different sites. Like eBay is 
so popular for a reason. And like, maybe you want to start on eBay, but like find a place to start, make some money, get rid of your stuff. And then anything you don't end up selling, uh, you can always donate when you, well, ThreadUp will recycle things sustainably. I am waiting for a better donation app, I will say. Like, I think there should just be one that's like, we'll send you bags to donate things. Uh, Because especially if you're inside, then, you know, you can't go to your Salvation Army or a food bank or what have you uh, to donate these things. But, I mean, it's it's worth getting into. And you can make money on, like, anything in your closet. I wasn't even getting into, like, the rest of stuff you own. So that's clothing, you know, shoes, handbags. Okay, fine. But then if you go back and listen to our archive, you can sell candles, you can sell high-end skincare, you can sell high-end beauty and makeup, you can sell designer objects. Like I am obsessed with collecting random designer objects. Like I have a vintage Gucci hand towel from like the 70s or or so like or my sister-in-law got me Dolce and Gabbana pasta which is like a real thing I'm like not gonna open it uh but it's on my shelf or just like random designer objects like they have like a lot of Louis Vuitton desk sets and stuff like that like you can kind of sell anything so if you're going through all your stuff and you're maybe a little stir crazy just start listing it all and like see what happens and I think now is the time to really start selling and frankly like it just doesn't hurt to get some stuff out of your house and make some money one question I get as well is what about vintage so that's a category I did not talk about like I collect vintage t-shirts I have a long episode on my love 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 of vintage t-shirts maybe you have stuff that's like You know, not a category for the real real, but also not any of these, you know, maybe it's stuff from the 80s or you're a collector or you've got some great thrift stuff. Uh, That's a place for a Mercari, an eBay, a Poshmark. Vintage is a little trickier, like really, really high end vintage. You can send to First Dibs, which is a website I only look at sometimes because the stuff is so expensive. But like vintage, you can do Depop as well. I'm never selling a ton of vintage, though I am definitely open to anyone's suggestions. I'm starting to sell some of my vintage t-shirt collection. Maybe I just do it and it never gets old, like account to sell all my vintage t-shirts or I send them to listeners as the result of a contest. Like, do you want some of my t-shirts, guys? It's getting out of control. Vintage can be a little bit tougher, but while you're cooped up, get some cash. That's all I got to say. find us online at ingopodcast.com. There you'll find all about me, your host, Meredith Feynman, my producer, Sarah Lane, a bit more about the podcast, all past episodes. You can subscribe. Please rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. Email us, hello at ingopodcast.com. Slide into the DMs on Twitter or Instagram at ingopodcast, at Meredith Feynman, and get out there and start selling. We love you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.